sub squad and welcome back to another episode of the self-love squad sessions with me kelly if you're new here welcome to the squad welcome to the fam like i said my name is kelly and this is the podcast extension of my instagram page the self-love squad that's at the underscore self underscore love underscore squad and both platforms are a safe space for anyone on a self-love journey On this podcast, I talk about my musings as a fat, black, queer woman who is in alcohol recovery, learning what it means to love herself. Now, as I am an adult, this is an adult podcast, and I will at times be talking about very sensitive topics. So please, please, please make sure you wear headphones if you're at work or around small children. This week, we're going to be talking about the practice and importance of pruning. So grab your favorite non-alcoholic beverage and a snack, and let's jump right into this week's episode. Welcome to a brand new episode. I took some time off. Like, when do I not? Let's just let's just cut the shit. When do I not take some time off, y'all? I I really I really just believe in only speaking when I have pertinent things to say to y'all and then keeping my mouth shut when I don't. So, I'm back and bitch, I got a lot to say. If you're new here, welcome. Hope you stick around. I literally how do I want to phrase this? I have so much on my heart to talk about today that I literally wrote like an outline. Like I feel like I'm about to give a fucking sermon. Like we about to preach, bitch, okay? I have so much on my mind. And the reason that is is because my August fucking sucked. It's the beginning of September. Right now my birthday's like a month away. Honestly, a little bit less than a month away and my August sucked ass and not like in a good way like it just sucked and you know it just was like every week there was something going on either something was triggered or or um, I realized I, I hadn't healed from something or something happened that that caused my world to turn upside down and it just was like back to back to back I never had time to breathe I never had time to to heal from what was going on because by the time you know, one situation kind of cleared up, another one showed up, and so it just was crazy, and a very hectic and unhealthy, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially draining month for me, and so, you know, the first week of August, I posted, you know, that episode about my mom, because the anniversary of her passing happened, and as I mentioned in that episode, um, I had a um, suicide and relapse scare and a lot of you know I struggle with suicidal thoughts quite frequently um and I um, am in recovery for alcoholism so I had a scare where I you know was about to relapse I was gonna hurt myself and I was blessed enough that I got through that um but as I also mentioned in that episode on the, the tail end of that um of that episode was having a falling out with someone I considered one of my best friends in sobriety and that falling out ended up extending through the whole month um, and it just was like a really toxic situation for me um, one because I was just harboring so much anger 
and so much hatred and frustration and not necessarily towards that person but just about the situation and it triggered my fear of abandonment you know they were supposed to be there for me on that day and they weren't it 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 triggered um, my fear that I'm unlovable, that I'm broken, that something is wrong with me, because here was someone that I had given time and time again, I had allowed them to make mistakes and to heal, but then I made, um, you know, what I considered to be my first offense, and they were gone, they were out the window, and especially during a time when I needed them, and throughout the month, right, I needed that friendship even more, and they weren't there, and I felt like they were giving me mixed signals, like I would see them, um, you know, out and about, and they'd be like, oh my god, girl, so happy to see you, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, and then ignore me the rest of the night, and then it was like, you know, do you actually care about me, are you just saving face, and, um, last week, I saw them at a meeting, and I, I was pissed, like, I was mid-conversation with someone, they came up to me, gave me that fake hug, and I just wasn't fucking having it, but I was more mad that it happened during a time where the room was so quiet that I would have felt rude if I hadn't, um, you know, if, if I hadn't said anything to them, and so I felt pressured to put on a front, and then I was so pissed at myself for being a fake bitch and then them for putting me in that awkward situation because it's like I know you don't fuck with me like you don't fuck with me but you want everyone to think that you still fuck with me like that's real fake um and so when it came my turn to share in the meeting I popped off and I like I didn't say names or nothing like that but I obviously was talking about them and I was like these bitches is fake they they weren't there for me when I needed them like fuck you bitch and so they very much <laughs> knew I was talking about them. And I felt this kind of like weighted guilt um, in my heart after that happened because I don't know. I guess in my mind, I thought that they would hear that and they would feel some type of way. And they did, but not the type of way that I wanted them to feel. Um, and so that night I called them and we had a really good heart opening and eye opening conversation, but it was in that conversation where I was like I want to hear what the fuck is going on from you like from the horse's mouth I want to hear why you're being fake like I, I want to hear what's going on and, and they brought some really important things to my attention about my energy and like whether I you know meant to be emotionally man manipulative or not that's how it came off to them and this that, and the other and like they're not responsible for my feelings it's not their fault that I was holding my breath the whole month waiting for them to talk to me and, um, you know, they're responsible for how they treat me, but they're not responsible for how I feel. And I, in that moment, I, I felt and I learned two very important things. The first thing I learned was that closure is a fucking myth. That's not what we're talking about today. That could be a whole nother fucking podcast episode. But closure is a myth because at the end of the day, when you want or need or say that you need closure for somebody else in order to heal, you are putting your emotional power into someone else's hands. <clears throat> and I got lucky that the person I did that to just didn't want it. But what happens when people take that and they manipulate it and they string you along or they abuse you further or they hurt you? Like that's too much power to be giving to someone. And on the other hand, what happens if they can't or won't or refuse to give it to you? Then you're just stuck in emotional limbo? No. Closure is a emotional process that you can give to yourself. And the second thing that I realized was that the friendship was just simply over. 
I felt that you know I I have this fear and like I said this could be a whole nother episode but I have a fear of being the villain I have a fear of being wrong I have a fear of um hurting people when it's not my intention to and so I kept trying to take ownership for what I had done you know it was wrong of me to speak about them in meeting and and you know harboring this anger and this hatred was not in my character it was it was, it was not cool for me to hold hold on to that and wish them ill will um but at the same time, I felt like I was being gaslighted yet again. This was someone who I had forgiven two, three times. Um, and here we were in the, the first situation where they emotionally had the upper hand. They were the one who walked away instead of me. And all of a sudden, they weren't gung-ho for the talent show. And so they had made a comment like, you know, this energy just doesn't feel right. I don't feel right stepping back into this energy. And I was like, you know what? Then don't. Then don't. But I put up my own boundaries and I was like, look, when you see me out and about on the, sh- on the street, you know, doing whatever I do, don't talk to me because I feel fake and I don't like that. And it gives me mixed signals and I'm just not here for it. Then they were like, oh, that makes me sad. Nah, bitch, you didn't speak to me for a whole month. That made me sad. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how my life flipped upside down on some fresh prints of bullshit. OK. And you weren't there. You weren't there for me the way that I had been there for you, but you're upset because I don't want to be fake and hug you in public. Suck my dick, right? And so, like, I just was like, nope, undone. So then that happened. So then fast forward to, like, the second to third week of August, I'm having troubles at work. Um, I had shared about that coworker that was, like, super, you know, strong with the microaggressions being slightly racist being unnecessarily difficult and it just had gotten to a point where it was like I just couldn't I just couldn't work with her then I had an issue with work where so like I was I I was an admin for one location one, one department at one location and another admin from another office was like hey we're having like a meeting at your office but I'm not traveling with my boss can you help support this meeting I'm like yeah she's like well I'm sending another admin so you'll just be like helping you know in ways that they don't know like the building layout or where to get the food delivered blah 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 blah." I'm like cool I can totes do that um and the lady was kind of rude about it because I had sent her this email about like oh these are things you need to know for our building and she was like I've been there before I know what I'm doing no bitch you did not know what you were doing and that's why you scheduled a conference room in the wrong fucking building like the dumbass that you are well once again I was so helpful fast forward to the week of the meeting this bitch has done nothing everything was wrong it just was wrong like the food came they didn't know when it was coming like the it just it was a mess they didn't have drinks they didn't have anything set up and so I ended up literally giving a whole week to this project uh, to this meeting disregarding my own work disregarding my own projects and I openly and this is you know once again taking responsibility for my side of the street cleaning up my side of the street owning my faults I was complaining openly to the other admins like is this normal like you know I just feel like I thought I was going to be assisting now I'm running the whole thing because it turns out the person that came wasn't even an actual admin they were going to be a part of the meeting so they couldn't help at all like once the meeting started there was no one on the outside to facilitate any type of administrative needs like food and catering and being a point of contact because she was fucking presenting powerpoint slides right so 
I guess word had gotten around that I had been complaining and um like I had someone confront me about it and they weren't rude they just were like hey like I I hope you don't think it was my department that did this and I was like no like I know who it is like it's it's not you it just wasn't done right and so I thought that that was it right I thought that that was it let it let it go the next week I get to work on Monday and there's a huge gift of like Alani new in tea maybe I'll post the picture just crop some stuff out maybe I'll post a picture on Instagram but it's like all these things that I like oh I, I love tea and I love energy drinks so they give me a whole package and a note being like oh my god Kelly thank you so much for your help like you're so great and the guy who had ran the meeting um who knew that like I wasn't supposed to help but I did anyway because it wasn't my department he was like oh you know I'm gonna write you a letter like telling your bosses what a great job you did and like because I was contract by the way it's contract you probably can see where this is going like to get you full-on hires you can get benefits because I've been working there almost seven months and no fucking benefits well the very next day I get a call from my recruiter that my um contract was terminated and I was like so I got fired and she was like no because we're technically your employee and we're not firing you because we think something is wrong and I'm like what do you mean she's like well we've been working with this company for a really long time we have a protocol that we do with them if someone's underperforming they send us a warning email with a list of things that they want us to speak to the employee about and then if they do fire them or terminate their contract then um they give us reasons and then we decide if we want to actually fire you because technically the recruiting agency is my employer if that makes sense so she was like the only email we ever got about you was that you were amazing and like the best employee we'd ever sent them because they work with them a lot um and then all of a sudden it was like oh we just don't have a need for her anymore nothing nothing's wrong like nothing's wrong we just don't have a need for her anymore okay bye and so then I told the recruiter about everything that just happened and she was like yeah I bet you it's just a personality thing or that racist girl um you know she was a full-time employee she got you fired like you like you didn't do anything wrong so then all of a sudden I had no job and they were like well you know go ahead and apply for unemployment and we will work on finding you another position so then here I was grieving the loss of my mother without one of my friends having gone through a stressful work week to having no job at all so now I'm financially stressed it's the middle of the month rent is coming up and I know that even if I get a job like tomorrow it's possible that the first paycheck will be deferred which means I won't be getting paid in time for rent and because I had COVID earlier in the year, I already paid my my rent my rent late once, and I was told by the the leasing agency that like if I paid my rent late again, they were just gonna evict me. So now I'm freaking out, right? And because <laughs> my contract got terminated like immediately, I was not able to finish working out that week. So my next paycheck was gonna be minuscule. So now I'm freaking out. So I'm like, okay, well prior to that I had met this guy in AA and I first saw him walk in he was like new I didn't really know him and he just was super hot I was like oh he's fine like mm, scrumptious little daddy like 
oof, just delicious. I didn't know if he was like Middle Eastern or like uh, Latin, but he was spicy and I was like here for it. And he was, he's tiny, he's smaller than me, smaller built, you know, man, um, probably weighs like 150, you know, I probably weigh like four times as much as him, I don't weigh 400 pounds, but you get the point I'm making, I probably weigh more than him, and, um, not that there would be anything wrong if I did, but I don't, just want to put that out there, and I'm like (laughs) two to three inches taller than him, and the first time I heard him share, it was just so raw and real and guttural and like I think he used fuck like 46 times and I was like that's my kind of person right there and so I went over and introduced myself like the slut that I am and I was like hi you don't know me but you should my name is Kelly what's yours please tell me you're single and he was like flirting with me a little bit he was like oh you know thank you for saying hi to me like he said he said something what did he say he was like oh I like I like when pretty girls like talk to me or something like that and I was like oh he trying to get the business period that's what he trying to do but I was like okay you know he's new in sobriety I'm not trying to mingle with his you know recovery whatever well bitch fast forward a couple days we've been texting talking on the phone just hanging out after meetings then I then I lose my contract and it just so happened that that was the time where he was losing his place to stay and he was like yeah I'm just gonna sleep in my car and I was like oh no 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 you could totally stay with me you can sleep on my couch just before I lost my contract I was like you can sleep on my couch it's look it's no big deal like we'll be good to go you know I you know I have money so it's cool well then of course I like, lose my contract and I'm like fuck <laughs> I don't have any money and he's like well it's good I'm working and I get like a pension like we'll be good to go so it just starts out as this friendship this like um cohabitation situation he's sleeping on the couch he's helping me out with food and stuff like that and I'm going on interviews and I truly hit the ground running because that's just like that's just who I am I, I hit the ground fucking running with job applications well fast forward to two weeks bitch we're full blown in love and I know my bestie Jorge, I was just talking to him yesterday. He was like, bitch, it is not love. You do not know him well enough to love him. Like, you don't know him. And I would argue that he's right and wrong. I love the parts of him that I was exposed to. I love his soul. I love the sex. Ugh, y'all. Whew. Got my black, my, my black, got my back blown out the way that I've been craving. Like, shit was delicious delicious like literally like six back-to-back orgasms and then we cuddled cuddled (laughs) cuddled and he called me princess oh my vagina is quivering in memory like delicious um but like the friendship aspect the way that he um felt comfortable enough to cry in front of me and just like all these things and share his his stories with me and I do think that I love him I don't I don't question that but unfortunately I knew when I met him that there was a caveat call it a red flag if you will and he was in the middle of some legal issues which is part of the reason why he was staying where he was staying that didn't work out and that he would have to go to court Ooh, I need a drink y'all hold on sip break and yes I'm drinking 
caffeine. I'm currently drinking a Celsius and tropical vibe because I need a tropical vacation. Anyway, so like I said, I knew that that he had some legal trouble and that he was, you know, in the midst of that. And I, I knew that going into it. So it was no big deal. Well, there were some issues that popped up throughout those weeks and I kept being like, this is not right. This is too much. Kelly, you're, you're doing too much. But I felt like I couldn't abandon him. I couldn't abandon him. You know, he kept saying, Kelly, if this is too much, I can go sleep in my car. We can just be friends. Like, I'll still financially help you. Like, because he was going to help pay rent. Like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, I care about you and I love you. And I kept being like, no, it's fine. And then, like, there was one night where he literally broke down unexpectedly after we had had sex. Just started screaming and crying and, like, pouring out these traumatic stories. And I was not okay. I was not okay. I was like, oh, I cannot do this. Like, he he doesn't need me. He needs a therapist and some meds. Stat, bitch. Like, my coochie cannot heal all wounds, bitch. Um, and so I knew that he was going to meet with his probation officer on a Tuesday. And the lawyers that he was working with, they fucking sucked. But he was like, I, the lawyers just told me they think I'm going to end up getting arrested. And I was like, you think so? And he was like, yeah, like, I just want to prepare. So we kind of made, like, a safety plan, like, what to do if he gets arrested and stuff like that. Now, I may have lived in New York, okay? And I may be from a suburb of D.C. But all the hood motherfuckers that I dated, they went to jail and I just never saw them again. So I don't have experience in being a baby mama on the outside. I don't know what that's like. This is not what I do. Kelly went to private school. She doesn't do the law. You feel me? So, Tuesday, I get a call. Well, we should fast forward. I end up, I mean, we should backtrack. I end up getting a whole bunch of job interviews. I land a job. It's perfection. It's everything I want. It's right where I need it to be. Pays more. I have benefits. Yay. Yay, Kelly, right? The one, the one good thing about August. And so I started the last week of August. Well, that Tuesday, okay, that Tuesday, I get the call that, um, he's getting arrested he walked in and it was a setup they wanted him to meet with his PO so that they could arrest him for baking for breaking probation and a couple other things that I just out of respect won't, won't talk about so he calls me he's like hey I'm getting arrested like try to post you know whenever the the, the bail amount is set you can post it with the money that I gave you like we'll be good I'm like okay so hours go by it takes about 12 hours before he goes to court they post his bail at like 1500 I'm like fuck we don't have that and it'll be like two weeks before his money comes in and I'm not you know I'm still not getting paid yet for my job so whatever make a long story short I end up posting or like getting a bond but because he's an immigrant and a couple other things like he didn't give me his car information for like his his uh, insurance and his license plate and all that they're basically like we don't have any what do they call it like contingency or like collateral there you go we don't have any collateral for him. collateral for him I almost said collateral like Adderall <laughs> they were like we don't have any collateral for him so it has to be on you and I was like, well, I'm okay with being a co-signer, but I was not okay with, I was not prepared to give anything other than money. Mind you, I'm worried about rent because rent's due in a couple of days. 
they're like it'll have to be your car you don't have anything else of, of worth and I'm like I gotta get them out so I reluctantly sign it and as I'm signing the paperwork I'm like this is wrong it's literally telling me I'm signing my car away if he like flees the country or runs away or whatever they can literally come and snatch my car no questions asked and I'm literally signing it being like this is not right and so I literally was so sick and anxious um that like I was like vomiting I was having nosebleeds I almost passed out behind the wheel and if you've been following me for a while you know that when I get into high amounts of stress my body shuts down my body just completely shuts down and so that was a red flag where I was like you have to slow up this is going to kill you and then you'll be of no use to him or anybody else I also should mention that I hadn't really heard from him in like 24 hours at that point so now I'm like I heard from the lawyer that like oh he thinks you abandoned him because you're not answering your phone meanwhile I'm like I just started a new job I'm in training for my new job so I have my phone on do not disturb and I got in trouble because I came back from work I mean came back from lunch late because signing the bail paperwork took too fucking long so now it's first week I'm already having tardy problems and it's like I'm trying to learn I'm trying to get this work done but I'm also now being like an an emotional support bitch to a man who's dealing with something that, to be honest, has nothing to fucking do with me. Then, within the 12 hours that I'm waiting for him to get released, and it's taking way too long, and I know something is wrong. Like, I feel it in the pit of my gut. Something is fucking wrong. The lawyer's like, oh, it just takes a long time. I'm like, no, something is wrong. I literally get in bed. I'm sobbing. I've been crying that whole week. I'm sobbing. I lay in bed, I open, I close my eyes, I open my, my arms, and I say, Lord, help me. I say, I want to hear you. I want to take faith-guided steps because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and I feel like I'm just running on my own will, on my own accord. I want to do what's right. You have given me such a gift of intuition, and I feel like I've been ignoring it, and now my soul is screaming at me that I'm doing the wrong thing. So please, God, show me what the right thing is, and I will do it. Next thing I know, I pass out, I go to sleep, I wake up the next morning, he's still, because I expected him to be in the house when I woke up, right? Like, I had even, I had even texted him, like, hey, if you get, if you see this and you get released, you know, and I'm asleep because I have to go to work tomorrow, like, knock on the door or, you know, I'll leave the top lock unlocked so that you can use your key to get in, like, whatever. So it's like 8 o'clock in the morning the next day, it's been almost 24 hours and he has not been released, so I call the lawyer because now I'm like, something's definitely wrong. Are they trying to like do an ice hold? Like what's going on? So the lawyer finds out, make long story, longer story shorter, that he has an additional warrant in a, in a different county for like three times the amount of bond. I mean, for, for the, like the bail is three times the amount of the, first, of the first one. And so even though I've cleared the first bond or the first bail, they can't release him because he's basically still wanted. So now I'm pissed because I'm like, what the fuck? So I am confused. The lawyer's like, I'm going to look into it and figure out what it's about. Make, I'm, like I said, I'm trying to be respectful and not tell all his business. But basically, I find out through the lawyer and through talking to his ex, which I just was not cool with. But his ex basically gave money for the first bail. She gave like $100, whatever, that bitch. And... um I find out from the two of them that basically he had a protective order against her because of the fight that they had gotten into 
he told me like it happened once and that's you know the charges that were dropped blah 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 well the evidence suggested that he went back while we were together to go see her to try to take their dogs even though where were you gonna put them you were literally laying on my sleeping on my couch like where were you trying to put two pit bulls in my apartment when I have a cat like the fuck were you thinking and that he basically beat her boyfriend up and the boyfriend is not dropping the charges and because he fled the scene when the cops came now they have a warrant for his arrest and so I was like we literally had a conversation you swore you weren't going back we were going to drop it and just find a legal way for you to get the dogs once we were in a better financial state like you know we got you a place or we rented a house or I finally bought my house like whatever you went behind my back and you did that and because you did that I now have signed away in my car for nothing right because now that 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 bond that bail is null and void so I finally reach out to him I'm livid I'm like we're done you lied to me I'm taking my name off off the bond like fuck you he's like I swear I didn't lie to you I'm like you broke my heart you have me out here looking stupid like intention to me and maybe it shouldn't be but intention to me is everything if your intentions are pure I can possibly forgive your mistake it might take time it might take you know some work on your part to earn my trust but if I find out you did some dirty shit with dirty intention I'm out I'm out and I was like you told the lawyer that you gave me enough information to post bond on you and then when I needed to post bail I didn't have enough you know I've never done this before so I take my nail off I take my name off the bail the bond goes away and um he ends up going to court and they tell him he has to serve 60 days for the first charge for the first the one that I had posted bail for but the problem is after he serves he's not free he has to go to the other county where he um has a charge and do the whole process over again so like yes the good news is this like issue that he has the first one will be completely done right because even if he never got arrested like there was still probation like the probation is done like he will have served his time and that issue that legal issue is completely finished once he's done which is great it's completely finished he can move on with his life but the second one he's looking at like one to two years and I was like eh I don't know you enough to want to put up with that. And so he had wanted me to visit him in jail today. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I have to put myself first. And so obviously, as you can tell, my August sucked. And it literally just felt like my life was in fucking shambles. Because of all that I was going through, um, I started having these really intense dreams about random stuff. I was having dreams about my teeth falling out and not being able to afford the dentist. I had dreams about um, relapsing. And then I started having dreams about being like a tree, a little baby tree in a garden. It literally felt like it was representing my life, you know, because my life felt 
as though I had been hacked with like an axe or cut with shears and it felt like I, I had been attacked and I just I couldn't I couldn't figure out like when I woke up and I, I came to and I started trying to process my dreams because y'all know I believe in, in the meaning of dreams like full stop I but I couldn't figure out like in the morning I couldn't figure out why would God grow me up get me to this place just to chop me down just to tear me down like why would you even let me get here and one of the biggest things about AA is the spiritual component and so I'm gonna get a little spiritual right now it doesn't matter who or what your higher power is whether it's God Buddha Muhammad the flying spaghetti monster Kim Namjoon I don't care who or what you pray to um, this is more of an agnostic approach to having a higher power but that is a large component of AA is that we you know our lives were unmanageable due to the the we're my god our lives weren't unmanageable due to the use of drugs and or alcohol and we turn our lives and our wills over to that of god so that he can he they she it can guide our steps and so like i said i couldn't figure out why you know i turned my life over to god going these last four going on five months i was sober i was putting in the work and i couldn't understand why god would get me here just to let me fail why he would would grow me up so big and strong and give me an apartment and a car and friends and you know all like just all these material things and even the mental clarity um and the emotional clarity that i've had since getting sober like why would he give me that and then in one month fucking take it away and so yesterday that's what you know prompted this whole episode yesterday or actually this week while I was dealing with everything with my boyfriend or my now ex I guess boyfriend I in order to calm my mind in order to get through the day instead of listening to music like I normally do like I knew city girls wasn't gonna heal my heart you know I was listening to sermons on YouTube I played them in the background while I got my work done and I kept feeling like like you ever watch YouTube and and the videos you just let them like autoplay so like once one ends you don't have to go back and click a new one just let them keep playing and playing and playing and I started hearing things and literally like taking notes because I was like oh that's good I need to hear that or oh that's good I need to hear that oh that's good oh that's a word bitch yes I'm like writing it down and it got to you know the end of the situation that I just mentioned earlier and I realized that they that the notes I was writing down were all relatively connected about fear and removal and 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 moving to the next level progressing to the next place that God wants you to be and when I was reading through those notes and trying to find the connection because mind you these this was a compilation of notes from different sermons on different topics from different preachers and I realized in that moment as I was going through and trying to find the common denominator other than obviously like God right you know I realized what it was I was not being attacked I was being pruned by God let me breathe pause stop drop and roll say it again I realized that I was being pruned by God not being attacked okay 
And so I told you about how I had that dream about how I was like a flower or a tree in a garden. And I think that that is completely connected to the realization that I had, the epiphany that I had. Because, listen to this, I'm about to preach. We go into church today. This is bad bitch church, okay? Can the con- Let the congregation say, yes, queen, okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, yes, queen. Okay, period. Poo. Moving on. Pruning, if you don't know, pruning is the selective removal of branches. It's, it's a gardening practice, by the way. I should preface that. But pruning is a selective removal of branches from a tree. The goal is to remove the unwanted branches to improve the structure of the tree and direct new healthy growth. Drink that in. The goal is to remove the unwanted branches to improve the structure of the tree and direct new healthy growth. Bitch, when I tell you this is a word for the weary, like, bitch, I'm here to read to somebody. Maybe I just need to hear it for myself. Maybe this is just, like, for me. But somebody out here needs to hear this word because this completely changed my whole outlook on my last month and just my life in general. God, in August was cutting away the dead and broken relationships and emotions and people, places, and things in my life to not only save me from future damage, but to direct new healthy growth in my life. Bitch. Bitch. And the craziest thing is I continue to think about this and think about what this meant for me. I remembered senior year in high school I was the graduation speaker one of four and you know I got a lot of flack for it because I was new I just transferred schools when my mom died and I auditioned to be one of the graduation speakers and obviously I got it because I'm a bad bitch I know how to write and my um, speech was called Seeds of Change and I basically talked about how we are seeds we as as graduates were seeds of change and then there were different elements that you needed to grow and how what you do in the future benefits like what you do right after high school benefits your future go to college yada 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 and it was great it was honestly I got a standing ovation from all the parents the students didn't care but the parents left it because you know that's just who I am as a person and so I thought about that, right, in, in connection to this whole, like, uh, imagery of being a tree in God's garden and the pruning and everything like that. And a thought that occurred to me, because I really was like, God, like, I want to meditate on this word. Like, I literally looked up scriptures talking about pruning. There's like 150 scriptures in the Bible, in the Christian Bible alone. I didn't even look into other religious texts. Because if you don't know, I consider myself Christian adjacent agnostic. That's not a thing. I fucking made it up. But basically, I grew up in a Christian household, both Baptist and African Methodist Episcopal. And um, even though I don't necessarily subscribe to the dogma of Christianity, it does kind of serve as the container for my spirituality. You all know I dabble in a little witchcraft, a little, you know, spirit, uh, new age spirituality. I do tarot. I like crystals, a little Buddhism, a little Hinduism. My ex is Muslim, so I've recently been reading into the Quran, the Quran, and looking into uh, Islam. And so, but yeah, so I, I but but I looked in the Bible just to see if this idea of of, of what I was feeling had textual uh, evidence, right? And so, in doing that, I realized that I often pray 
for my life to stay still, thinking that change happens in a calm environment. Right? Like when we pray for the rain in our lives to stop, the storms and the tribulations in our life to stop, we say it's because the storm is too much, but we don't realize that the rain that's coming from it is actually watering us. Let me say that again, because somebody's not fucking listening. Put down the water and pay attention. When we pray for the storm or the rain to stop, we say it's because it's too much, but we don't realize that the rain is watering us. When we cry out to God, you know, or or we cry when God uproots us from our comfort zone, right? We get uncomfortable, we get upset, we cry out to God, but we're not realizing that he's moving us from our comfort zone into a bigger pot with better soil to nourish us so we can grow full, big, abundant lives. Bitch. Bitch. I, I don't think you hear me. I don't think you hear me. Because we think that calmness equals growth. Like, Think about all the times you've changed in your lives. Did it come from a place of peace and stillness? The peace and stillness may have given you the clarity to begin the process of change, right? You know, be still so you can know God, you meditate so you can get directions from your higher power. But then once you begin the work, shit starts getting moved around. The storms come, the haters come, your friends don't want to fuck with you anymore, you realize you never grieved your mother's death 13 years ago, you lose your job because you prayed for a better opportunity, all these things fucking happen, and then we're sitting there and we're like, God, I prayed for a cake, I didn't pray for eggs, flour, milk, butter, bitch, now you gotta get in the kitchen and get your hands dirty, now you gotta, you gotta cook, you gotta whip it in the kitchen like you're the fourth member of Migos, bitch, to get the cake that you want. We pray for the rain to stop. We pray for the storms to stop. But we need that water to grow. We pay. We pray that God would just put us back in our comfort zone, not realizing that we need to be uprooted so that we can have more room for the abundance that we've been praying for. Bitch, when I tell you I had this moment, I was like, oof, I had goosebumps, bitch. The little hairs on my head were sticking up. The hairs on my coochie were sticking up. Like, I... I, girl, girl, I was like, I was like, Inner Kelly, you better preach, bitch. Like, Pastor Kelly, like, yes, girl. Like, I, who, I don't know who needs to hear this. Maybe it's just me, but when I realized that, I started flashing back to all the times in my life where I was paying, praying for peace right after I had prayed for change. God, I'm not happy in this relationship. Now I'm getting dumped. God, why is he leaving me? You said you weren't happy, bitch. I left you. I had been praying that this job wasn't good for me. Then I was mad that God got my ter- uh, terminated my contract. You can't see me doing the Kanye shrug, bitch, but just know that I'm doing it, right? And so thus in conclusion, I realized, you know, I realized that that God had God had to do what he had to do, y'all. God had to prune the dead and damaged areas in my life because I kept praying for growth and then standing in my own fucking way. 
I prayed for growth and then blocked my own blessing. So God was like, bet. Here's a spiritual leaf blower, bitch. I'm clearing this whole shit out. How can God give you more when your life has no more room? And if you want to use the pruning analogy even deeper, you want to take it to that next level, that bad bitch 2.0 level. What pruning does on a, uh, I guess, a scientifical level, yes, I just said scientifical, is that you remove the dead branches so that, or like the dead branches on the tree so that there's more physical room for healthy branches to grow. But you also slightly trim the branches that are bearing fruit so that they can grow and bear even more. So it's not just that God is clearing things that are dead and damaged, but he's also sharpening the skills that we do have so that the, fr- so that the fruit that we're bearing from those skills, from those gifts, from those blessings can be, can be done tenfold, can be grown more abundantly. And so I realized that God prunes us to make room for the blessings we're asking for. Just like when a plant is in a starting pot, right? Those little cheap plastic ones where you buy the plant from like the Walmart section. Or if you're like a real bad plant bitch and you get your plants from like, I don't know, like a nursery or something. It comes in those little cheap brown, they're often like brown compostable um, or they're like those black plastic little square um, pots. But you know that the plant can only grow so much in the confines of those pots. If you want that that tree, that plant, that fig, whatever it is, that monstera plant, snake plant, whatever, to grow to its full potential, you already know, okay, I'm going to have to remove it from this pot. I'm going to have to buy new soil. I'm going to have to break up, you know, remove any, any dead dead leaves anything that's broken and put it in the new soil with new pot because it gives it room to grow and that's exactly what God was doing in my life he said you're so close to that next level you're so close to growing into the next phase of your life but you have no more room here and I've given you time and chances to clear these people these places these things out and you haven't done it so now bitch I'm gonna do it for you because I'm tired of your ass crying to me at 10 o'clock at night while Binks is trying to sleep being like whoa it's me no bitch whoa it's the people that have to hear you cry and the thing about it is the rain is never gonna stop Life is going to life. Life is always going to be turbulent and always give us, um, you know, periodically. I'm not saying all the time or consistently, but life is going to keep life in. Life is always going to give us trials and tribulations. That is the nature of life. Shit happens. Period, poo. And so we may feel like everything we know has been turned over or things that we wanted to, to hold on to got washed away and swept away in the storm storm but I'm here to tell you that when the rain stops and the dust and the soil settles we will be better equipped to move into the next phase of our lives period we will 
be nourished. We will be wiser from having gone through that tr- that trial and tribulation. We will be nourished with with the ability to know that we can handle it. God doesn't give us things that we can't handle. And I realized that gratitude is is like plant food, right? Because you can have the rain and the, and the wisdom that comes from that to nourish you, and you can have a bigger pot and soil, and then you sprinkle on an attitude of gratitude, and it just makes those elements that much richer. It just makes the soil that much more nutrient dense, that that much more helpful. The water now, right, is wetting the plant food so that you can absorb it. Like an attitude of gratitude at the end of all that you've been through, the uprooting into into a new phase, into a bigger, more abundant phase, getting through the end of trials and tribulations. And now on top of all of that, you know, because you have you have the choice to sit and to wallow in self-pity, what was me? And that's where I was for a while. I was like, I can't believe, like, why would God give me this man and take him away? Or why would this happen and he take it away? Blah, 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 blah. You can sit and rot yourself from the inside out after God has moved you through this. Or you can shut the fuck up. Sprinkle on an attitude of gratitude over your life like fucking Mrs. Dashes. Okay? Because I got high, high blood pressure. I'm trying to watch it. So sodium free up in this bitch. But, you know, the garlic and onion delicious or the southwest one was really good by the way you should try it but you can sprinkle gratitude over your life like mrs dashes or like a cajun Ooh, an old bay because you know i'm you know i'm from maryland so old bay seasoning and it just makes your life that much fucking better so i just hope that this encouraged someone who feels like they're being uprooted in life or feels like the rain is never ending Just remember that you have to prune in order to see progress. Cuts hurt. But when it heals, when the dust settles, I promise you, you will be better having gone through it. I promise you. So that's it for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. As always, you can catch up with me after the episode at the Self Love Squad on IG. That's at the underscore self underscore love underscore squad. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.